So welcome to Handbook for Artists. This is the opening salvo of something that I've been asked to do. And uh, instead of writing a book, because I'm too lazy to write a book, I'm going to do this. But basically, the goal of this is to help artists who have no really guidance in the world. Not really. Uh, we're not educated on how to be an artist. Uh, I mean, people aren't even educated on how to balance their checkbook or... Uh, how how to deal with you know, practical things like taxes, or we're, we're certainly not edu educated on how our bodies work, uh, the mechanics of the body, uh, the, the skeleton and the musculature, and how to move and how to deal with stress. And there's all these things we're not taught, uh, artist or non-artist. But specifically, if you're an artist, there is really nobody and no place helping you figure out how to go about life. So the point of this podcast is to get you so busy that you don't have time to listen to this podcast. <laughs> My goal is not to make followers and have people be codependent. That would be a misuse of my will. That would be manipulation. And that's what's wrong with the world. That's not what we're here for. We're here to get you so busy that you don't have time for this shit because you are full of life and doing things every day on your particular path that are vital to you and you know the world's happy with you and you're happy with your place in it and you're moving forward in a way where you feel internally motivated and driven uh, to do satisfying and challenging things. So uh, on the way to getting there, you know, we're going to cover whatever topics come up and I'm open to people's input. Again, this was driven by requests to do it. Um, started with um, my Instagram posts uh, earlier this year, about what six, eight months ago, I guess. And so as an artist, you know, you have to realize firstly, we're living in a corporate world. And, and I don't mean that like in some offhanded way. I mean, we really are living in a world where we live and die and the corporations continue, All right, Governments even come and go, but corporations continue. And even if you own your house, you know, which is a wonderful goal that all artists should have, uh, it's a big deal, and we can talk about that later, but even when you own your house, you don't actually own your house. You own the right to the equity in the house while you pay the bank. So you jump through all these hoops to get a loan. It's incredibly difficult. They take zero risk. They always have the collateral of the house. You pay them interest, which is all front-loaded to fuck you, basically. And because most people are going to move within, you know, five years or 10 years, so they're going to get a lot of money up front. The, oh, the whole thing is rigged for the banks, you know. And, uh, but you do own the, the equity, right? So if there's equity in the house, you, you make that equity, and that's much better than renting, and everyone should try and do it. Uh, but between the banks and the corporations, you know, that, that's who we're working for. So how do we deal with that world? Well, we have to do some things to counterbalance the fact that we're living and dying and consuming resources and basically being some sort of blight on the planet if we don't contribute positively. So we can put our energy into different things. We can put our energy into children, and children are the future. That's not a cliche. That's the obvious truth. And, um, you know, overpopulation or not, I think any one child could change the world. Any one child could be the next artist or the next scientist or the next person to inspire someone on a street corner who inspires someone else who inspires someone else. So children are, are definitely worth doing. Um, then there's just being a good human and actually having a life that inspires people around you, which hopefully is what I'm going to be doing here. And then finally, there is this thing of making art. Art outlives us. Art is a legacy that we leave, whether it be visual art or music, which is more my specialty, but 
I've done some visual art as well, and I come from the visual arts as well. But this is our legacy, right? This is our contribution to be something more than just people who live and die and consume resources and, you know, kind of live a life that's not well-lived and not well-considered and not very fun and not very joyful, but is basically full of, you know, fear about the future and regret about the past, as the Dalai Lama would often say. Um, and we don't want to be that person. Uh, we also don't want to be the artist that lives in the moment so much that they're a narcissistic fuck, that they trash other people, that they're a total flake, that they're just using people around them constantly. We, we don't want that. So we want to live in the moment, but also be responsible. And so what does that look like? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because it's definitely, a, it's definitely a real possibility. It's just not taught. The world sees artists as being, you know, generally the flaky type, or the narcissistic type, because that's often true. Um, the world doesn't see artists as having value. Um, you know, the world doesn't understand that a, a professional artist is an accountant, a publicist, you know, <laughs> a, 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 a janitor. Like, you know, a professional artist does every job in the world, except pretty much, you know, doctor, lawyer, or a politician also, that's in there too. So, you know, we, we have to find a way to be responsible healthy, joyful, creative people. And that's where we're headed with this podcast. So um, I'm going to talk about whatever comes up on any given day. I'm open to input. If you have questions, I'm happy to pontificate what my opinion is on these things. Uh, I am 54 years old. I've been living as an artist since I really made that commitment at dropping out of college at about age 20. Um, when I'd been making music full-time in New York City and went back to college and was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And so I've been very fortunate. Most people are not fortunate. I have uh, my parents who are professional or were professional artists to some extent, and then I have three really great teachers. One of them was uh, for seven years on and off Robert Fripp, the King Crimson guitarist, founding member, uh, also two people that Robert introduced me to, and I'm very grateful to him for doing that. One of them was Ken Lawton. Ken was a psychotherapist in um, Dorset area in the UK, and he was also a therapist to high-end people in the UK, like um, you know, Philharmonic people or uh, Sting or U2 or people like that. And then he also came to the US and was therapist to high-end therapists in Baltimore and DC and New York and Boston. He was like the therapist therapist. And I studied with him for a period and his wife. That's a whole other story for another day. They met at a holistic hospital in London in 1935. And uh, they looked like a sort of sweet British country people. And she was like throwing runes and doing tarot card readings in between making tea. Um, but anyway, and finally, my dear friend, uh, Phyllis Larson probably the most influential person of my entire life, the smartest person I've ever met, uh, the most insightful person as to human beings, and uh, also a clairvoyant. Now, uh, whatever you think about clairvoyance, uh, you know, if you spend any time with someone who's a legit clairvoyant, and there are very few of these people, um, your mind will simply be blown because it's an undeniable fact, and her reality for her whole life is difficult for me to grasp, never mind you to grasp. Like I've, I've known Phyllis uh, since 1992 and I, it's hard to just, 
It's hard to even accept what I know about her life. It's hard to even accept it myself. And I saw it firsthand. I, I've seen her uh, and talked to her and been close with her on and off over the decades. And it's amazing. Um, and she's not just clairvoyant, which sounds like some sort of thing that people can be skeptical about. But she's brilliant about human nature. She's brilliant about human beings. And she's brilliant about, in particular, family systems, which is the multiple generation uh, emotional energy and physical ailments and all of this kind of thing that we all carry. And that is actually kind of backed up uh, scientifically by fairly new research in terms of the family system aspect um, that um, has been done. Basically, scientists look at like 5% of our DNA and they say the rest is quote-unquote junk DNA, which to a thinking person makes no sense. There's no junk DNA. That does, I mean, there's no junk in the universe. There's no like sort of random 95% of something. That doesn't make sense. So seven-ish seven generations of our ancestry is in our DNA. So, you know, when we go to a therapist or whatever, we talk about our life. Okay, that's cool. But what we're really carrying is multi-generational pain. And that's some fairly new science. And so getting back to Phyllis, you know, she would sort of talk to someone on the phone and within five seconds, if you spoke with her on the phone, she would not just see you and your surroundings, but she would see the inside of your body, all of your ailments, all the ailments you've ever had, all the ailments you're having or about to have. Then she would see your family, your whole family tree, all of their emotional states, all of their physical states, all of the things that went into making you over multi-generations. I know that sounds insane. Uh, it's not but it does sound that way, and I totally accept that people would listen to that and say, oh, that's total bullshit, she can't do that. That's fine. You know, you're ignorant. You don't know. If you don't know, you don't know, and it's good to be skeptical. Uh, I love science. Skepticism is good. Cynicism is not good. That's a failure of spirit, um, but skepticism is good, and I totally understand people's skepticism, but again, this is the smartest person I've ever known and who probably taught me the most, although I'll definitely uh, bring in things from Ken Lawton and from Robert, and of course from my, my mom, who's my first teacher, and from my, my dad, who uh, I didn't grow up with, but who was a professional artist. And he taught me a lot of things about what not to do. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of bad examples there, which is just as useful. Uh, we can learn from others' mistakes as well. So anyway, welcome to the podcast. Um, I'll be honest with you. I didn't imagine ever doing this. Uh, Ten years ago when podcasts started, I had some friends who were like, yeah, podcasts, that's the future. I always thought it was kind of ridiculous, but here we are. I'm happy to share. I think there is a real need for artists to have some input into their lives that helps them, and uh, hopefully we can do that for you here, and then you'll get so busy you don't have time for this podcast. So talk to you soon. <laughs>